Welcome back to Thirsty the Podcast. I'm Heather McGee. And I'm Laura Koo. Since today is Halloween, we're talking about why it's time to exercise toxic relationships from your life. Happy Halloween, everyone. We're going to have a spooky, spooky episode today that hopefully will end in a not so spooky spot for everybody. A lot of us, you know, I would say even many of us, although not everyone, lucky for those people, have an issue where we uh, continually or in a pattern keep finding ourselves in toxic, unhealthy relationships. We keep wondering, why do we keep gravitating to these situations that don't feel good, that, you know, qualify as toxic? I know for me, this has definitely been a big issue over the course of my life. You know, as I've said before, I'm in a relationship now that is healthy and it's been real weird because it's kind of the first time, (laughs) you know, in terms of substantial ones, I've been in healthy dating situations where maybe we dated for a couple of months, but first I've been dating now it's like nine months and it's, it hasn't been toxic yet. First time, but in the past, I would say everyone that I've gotten into a significant uh, relationship with, it's been toxic or worse. It's definitely been a big issue for me. And so, you know, I thought we should bring it here to the podcast because I don't think I'm alone. I think there's a lot of us out there that find ourselves in this pattern and we want to break it, but we don't know how we don't understand it. I do want to be real straight. We are not therapists. We are not psychologists. You know, this is just from personal info, things we've experienced, things we've learned. So please take it that way. Obviously take anything that you're thinking about to your therapist or to a medical professional. We're just talking to y'all as friends, you know, and people who may have been through some of the same things and what we've learned. So let's talk a little bit about like, how do we define a toxic relationship? Well, This is kind of how I think about it. I think about a toxic relationship. It's one that makes you feel, you don't feel good most of the time when you're in it, or you have this like roller coaster of highs and lows. Maybe when you're with them, you feel so good. And then like at other times, like, wow, I feel terrible. It might leave you feeling unsupported. You feel misunderstood. No matter how much you talk about something, you don't feel like they get it. You don't feel like they understand. You don't feel like they're on your side at all. You feel demeaned. You feel attacked. Um, You feel like you're always in the wrong on a basic level, any relationship that makes you feel worse rather than better. It can get toxic over time. Over time, it can get worse. Whereas in the beginning, maybe it was just a little bit toxic. Later on, it gets worse and worse and worse. And toxic relationships aren't just in dating situations either. A lot of what we're talking about today, it could be applicable to relationships with friends, relationships at work family relationships, you know, it it can apply to a variety of different situations. Obviously today we're going to focus on romantic relationships, but I do want to say out loud, toxic situations can, it can include your family too and your friends, Mm -hmm. other things like that. It's toxic when your well-being is threatened in some way, emotionally, psychologically, you know, sometimes even physically. So that's how I think about toxic relationships. And often someone who gets into toxic relationships, it's a pattern. It's a lot of times that you find yourself doing it over and over again. I think also we've talked about this a lot in different episodes, but that idea of chemistry. And I think often we've found that what we have felt was really great chemistry can be the markers of uh, a toxic situation. Yeah. There, uh, you know, one time I read something that this has always stuck with me. And like, anytime I'm in this situation, I'm like, oh, okay. Red alert. I probably need to eject myself is whenever you're in a situation where 
you know, let's say I'm dating someone and Laura, you know, we talk about these things. You might say, well, what do you like about him? You know, what makes you so interested to get to know him? What do you, why do you like spending time with him? And my answer is, I don't know. The connection is just so good. And I really enjoy my time when I'm with mm-hmm. him. And you can't say much about mm-hmm. them as a human being. That's not a good sign, you know, because it shows that you're really focused on that chemistry part of it. And to be honest, and this is something my sister actually said to me once. And at the time I was like, what? You're nuts. Um, but I think she's right. She said, it, it, you know, there's addiction in my family. And so we know a little bit about it. So, you know, that's kind of an addictive quality. Like, it looks mm-hmm. like you're looking for your hit. You're looking for your high, your chemistry mm-hmm. high, and you're not really focused on the substance. Like, is this good for you? I'm like, well, I don't know. He makes me upset quite a bit. And she's like, yeah, see, this is not good. And also um, when you rely so much on feeling so, so, so good when you're with that person. And then again, you're not with them and you're at your lowest low. You're not managing the things in your life you should be managing. You're really kind of, you know, so hyper-focused on that person. And when you, again, see them again and... Yeah, that is kind of an addictive piece to that as well. And generally, again, that toxic piece, because you should be pretty like even keeled and happy whether or not you're around that person. Yeah, it's like looking for your hit, you know, and it's not so much about uh, working on your relationship with that person, getting to know them, however it works. You feel stress. Mm -hmm. This is probably a good segue into what are some of the signs of a toxic relationship? Because to my mind, I think part of getting yourself a part of breaking the pattern is thinking critically. I think that's the hardest thing to do when you're someone who on a pattern gets into toxic relationships. I feel like, you know, and I will say this to myself, you know, I follow my heart or I think I'm following my heart. I'm following my addiction um, rather than thinking critically. I think you need to take, take yourself out of all oh, the chemistry and the connection is so great. Mm-hmm. Put that to the side, start thinking critically. You need to think critically about the way you date the people you choose and your relationship. I think that's really important. Not enough people do that. We're so quick to be like, oh, the connection is so great. Okay, great. What else is good there? Do you have anything? <laughs> do you cry a lot? Do they make you feel bad? You know, all you, you have to just get more critical about this. Are they good for you? Okay, so some of those signs. One thing, we have a few here. One thing to start off with, they don't seem to care that they're having a negative impact on you and they're not making an effort to change. You know, those things when you say, hey, this is really frustrating to me when you don't respond to my text for days at a time and they don't seem to care. They're just like, eh, mm-hmm. I'm bad at texting. They don't, they don't care how that, that impact that's making on you. And that's just a small thing that I think a lot of people deal with. And, you know, if there's something that they're doing that is um, perfectly reasonable for you to raise and talk to them about, and they really don't care, they don't care what it's doing to you. They don't care the negative impact that their actions are making, or maybe let's say they're talking about other women or they are talking about uh, things that they know bother you, you know, and they don't seem to care that it bothers you. They're not acknowledging it. They're just like, this is how I am. I'm sorry. It bothers you. Yeah, I feel like that's also just the core of a good relationship in general. Like, I mean, again, you take a step back. Do you want to be with someone who doesn't validate or care about your feelings or doesn't hear you? No, like move along. (laughs) Like that, those are like the basics of what you would want in a relationship when you think about it objectively, like someone who listens and cares and, you know, understands where I'm coming from. Yeah. And I I think that's a really important thing to say. Like some of these uh, symptoms we're going through of a toxic relationship. If you're someone who loves a toxic relationship, you'll recognize these. You'll be like, yeah, but if they'll just change, if I can just get them to do it differently, that's what someone who loves a toxic relationship Mm -hmm. and is codependent says. 
FYI, you're perpetuating it. Whereas if you're healthy, you will hear these symptoms and say, wow, I don't want that in a relationship. I'm going to leave. That's what you should do if you're healthy. And I'm just going to say it that straight out because I think someone needs to have some real talk with you. And so I'm going to say that. <laughs> like if you're sitting there saying, yeah, I hear these signs, but if, if he'll just change, I'll just have a really good talk with him and then maybe he'll stop. Okay. You're, you're screwing yourself up again. No. Yeah. And it's not your job to change anybody like at the core. Nope. No. Nope. And what I'll say to you is there are many people out there who don't act like this. Or you don't act like this. And that's the other thing about toxic relationships. And we'll get into this here in a little bit. You're contributing to the toxicity. It's not just one person. You are contributing by enabling mm-hmm. things. And maybe you're doing some of these behaviors because you feel like, well, they do it. So I'm going to do it. So let's just double down and make this toxic relationship like DEFCON 5 terrible. Um, and that's how you know you're going, you're going down the drain um, with these kinds of behaviors. Another one, you feel confused and insecure. You don't know where you stand. You don't know how they feel about you. Sometimes you feel like maybe they don't even like you that much. They don't seem to uh, care about you. They're not trying to make you happy. You never know where you stand. Mm -hmm. I I think those are feelings. Yeah. It doesn't feel good, does it? No. So why are you there? Leave. I'm going to be real heavy on the boss today because... I mean, I think that's what you need to hear. Cause I think for years, I'm going to say this. I was stuck in a toxic relationship pattern for years because my answer was always like, I see this. I recognize this. I'm going to understand where they're coming from and why they're acting this way. No, leave, just leave. Don't put up with this stuff. This is not for you. And you're just making it worse. Honestly, you are contributing and you take responsibility for your love life. And you staying and trying to make them act differently is not, I mean, you're toxic by doing that. I'm sorry, but you are. Another one, high conflict, which I feel like um, is one where both people tend to perpetuate it because conflict, I feel like brings conflict in return. And once that bar is set, then both people, I feel like just raise to that level because you can, because it's okay to be, if one person's super big and fiery, then that makes it okay for the other person to respond in the same Yeah. I mean, I've said this before in some of my past relationships, a couple that I can think of off the bat. I'm not kidding. We fought all night hours and that's not a euphemism. I'm not exaggerating. The sun would come up and I'd be like, oh my gosh, the sun's coming up. I'm not done fighting, but we need to go to bed. That's not healthy. Like I thought we were just passionate. You're not passionate. You're toxic. That's not good. That's not healthy. You don't have to do that. And you're not, and no matter how much you, if you have to take 12 hours to argue and yell and scream at each other, if you're having the same fight over and over again, it's not changing and you need to acknowledge that. And if it's a deal breaker for her, you, for you, you either need to accept it or you need to leave because it's not changing. I don't have any experience with that. Like I've never had that type of conflict or fighting in a relation, in any relationship, really romantic or otherwise, but I see it a lot on reality shows. And I always wonder how you can, that's like my window into this, but like how you can have such high level of conflict and name calling and like these big fights. And again, I see it on like Real Housewives where it's among girlfriends or you see it in romantic, whatever. Like how do you see each other the next day and just act like none of that happened? I find it so fascinating because I've never, I've never done that. So I don't know how you can do that and then be on the other side and act like everything is okay. Yeah. I, I know for me that it would come from, I felt like I had to explain myself a hundred different ways. I was trying to get him to understand my point of view, trying to get him to understand how I felt. And it was not landing. 
And if you're in that situation where it, and I think we've all had those kinds of fights or, or maybe not, maybe it's just toxic people like me <laughs> where, uh, where you are trying over and over and you're saying you're, you cannot, you feel like you can't get through to them. Okay. You feel like you can't get them to understand what you're trying to say. And you're saying it, you're all different kinds of ways and they're just not getting it. That's not a good sign. It's really not. It's not a good sign of being in a relationship with that person. If that's something that happens a lot, which for me, it was, I don't know that you should be dating them or in a relationship with them or married to them. Like, I'm sorry that that that's actually a really big deal. Again, this is changing your mindset, change your mindset to think critically. And the reason I'm being so straight about that is I think people that get into toxic relationships are really bad at that. They, you know, they follow their heart. They follow their passion. Oh, the connection, the chemistry is so good. Is it though? Is it? You're crying a lot. That doesn't yeah. seem all that great. You're confused and don't feel good a lot. That doesn't seem that great. You know, it's just feeding your addiction and you're getting your hits. That's what mm-hmm. that is. Um, okay. Another one, you feel unsupported and unloved. That's kind of a sad one. I feel like. Yeah. And again, it goes to that kind of what we were initially talking about that core of like what in theory one would want out of a relationship is somebody who loves and supports you. <laughs> so yeah. to be in something where those very basic needs aren't being met. Oh, no. Yeah. Can't. I, I remember there, and I'm thinking about a couple of relationships I was in they were long-term and I would sit down and be like, I feel like you don't even like me. That's how I feel here. You know, and then it starts to become, wait, why are you together? Mm-hmm. Why are you with this person? I know this is funny because the things we're saying sound so basic, but these are the common threads in toxic yeah. relationships. And then you keep going back to, wait, why are you still in this? Can you answer that? Mm-hmm. Um, you don't feel emotionally safe with them. This one, this makes me sad to think about this one because there have been plenty of times in some of the toxic relationships I was in where I felt like it wasn't worth it for me to be authentic or for me to, let's say I was um, having thoughts about something, or if I disagreed with them, you know, I think it's normal. If you have two human beings with a personality and opinions, you're not going to agree all the time. And in a healthy situation, everybody can say those things and nobody gets mad. Like Mm -hmm. I'll say right now in my current relationship, we don't agree on everything. Not one bit. Does he try to tell me I'm wrong at all? He's just like, well, I don't think I agree with that. Let's go get some coffee. You know, it's like not yeah, a thing. Easy. Like he, yeah. he's literally not upset that I don't agree with him. Whereas in the past, if I, you know, with certain people, if I didn't agree with them and tell them they're right, it was a big deal. It was a big problem. Mm-hmm. So I did not feel emotionally safe. I felt like I had, if you're in a situation where you feel like you have to protect yourself from the person you're with, again, you should probably leave. That's the sign of a toxic relationship. You shouldn't feel that way. They're supposed to be on your team. Yeah. And I wonder if this is one too, where if you have never experienced the other side of the coin, it's a really easy one to kind of explain away because you don't know, if you don't know what it feels like to be emotionally safe with someone, then you don't know what you're missing with this at all. Yeah. I mean, I will, I've said this before and now it's especially uh, relevant. This relationship I'm in now has been really challenging for me. And I mean that in a positive way, because there've been a lot of behaviors that I learned to protect myself in past relationships that they don't work. If you're in a healthy Mm -hmm. relationship, it actually doesn't work for you to have that wall up to protect yourself. 
You know, that doesn't work when you're in a healthy, loving, good relationship. Um, and so all those behaviors you learn to survive a toxic situation, once you get into a healthy one, you have a lot to learn. And it's yeah. really challenging because you realize that teaching yourself to be healthy is, is kind of difficult. <laughs> yeah. Turns out you were, con- you were contributing to the toxicity too. Um, there are control issues at play. Oh. Have you ever dealt with that? I don't know if we've actually ever talked about that. We've talked about everything. I actually don't think we've talked about that before. Yeah, I don't know that this one has really come up. I probably have an, in a very minor way, um, but yeah, nothing significant. Yeah, I mean, this can be something that's a little bit more minor and sometimes something that's a little bit bigger. And this is something that crosses over with abusive situations. Mm-hmm. And we're also going to talk, there's a difference between toxicity and abuse. So with control issues, I know the way it's shown up with me have been things like, I, re- I remember this is something that stood out to me forever. Like there was one person that I was with that if I were to drop something on the floor, like, I don't know, a piece of candy, a small thing, if I were to drop it on the floor, he would visibly flinch mm. because he thought I was, you know, I was damaging the floor. And so I had so much stress about that. I was very careful not to drop things. I was very careful in terms of the way I acted because there were things that he had them to be a certain way. And if there was any variation, he would get really upset with me. And now I'm just like, wow, I can't believe I went along with that. But I did because, you know, I was contributing to the toxicity of the situation. I was going along with it. Um, Yeah. In hindsight, I've had that as well. And it does. It also is an easier one to explain away. It's like, oh, well, they're just like that. Oh, they're just really particular. Oh, they just like the dishwasher loaded in a certain way. And you kind of like work around that in a certain way. But that means that your way is never the okay way. Like my way would have never been okay because they like it that way. And that's how it's going to be done. So yes, I have. And it does just mess with you in a big way, especially if you live with that person and it's your home as well. And you can't live in your home in a way that's comfortable for you because you were, um, you know, working around whatever their particular preferences are that again, what always frustrated me about my situations, like there was no right or wrong. So it's like your way or my way are fine but we have to do it your way because you are kind of controlling all of that. And I would just yeah. get so mad because I'm like, <laughs> but we don't have to do it that way, but you can't, you can't argue through that one. It doesn't work. Yeah. Well, and I think also uh, if they have really bad reactions to it, if they get mad, if they get upset, it's like, it's not worth it. Fine. I don't care. Mm-hmm. We'll do it it's not way. worth it. Right. It's not worth If you find yourself saying that, well, it's not worth it. Uh, mm. You need to think about that yeah, again. If it's think not critically. worth standing up for yourself, then there's an issue there because your voice shouldn't, it goes back to, you know, do they care how you're feeling? Yeah. Well, <laughs> and I think the way you put it, I like the way you put it. Cause I think it's really clear if your way is never the right way, or if their way is never the right way, that's an issue. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. It is whether you're perpetuating it or going along yeah. with it, it should never be one person's way all the time. And I can think about some of the other ways that this has shown up. Also think about the phrase, whose terms, whose terms matter. You know, like there was another, there was someone I dated that one guy who all my bad stories about that was a toxic relationship, (laughs) which we've got an update on that, which we may talk about here in a bit. But I remember everything was on his terms when we saw each other, 
how we saw each other, how our dating life was structured, you know, the rules or the principles of what we were allowed to do or not do on his terms. You know, now I look back on, I'm like, wow, that was super toxic. Mm -hmm. You know, if you look at your dating or marriage or relationship and it's always on one person's terms and the other person, what their needs are don't matter. And the way, you know, and when people are really smart about it um, in a negative way, they may say things like, I hear what you're saying. I think what you're asking for is totally valid. I'm not going to do it. Yeah. That's not a boundary. That's toxic. I'm yes. sorry. I think they're really good at, sometimes people are really good at talking about those things. Like, well, this is what I'm willing to do. It's like, you know what? Maybe you shouldn't be dating because there are yeah. human beings involved here. Everybody's needs matter and it should matter to you. And if they don't matter to you, then maybe you shouldn't be dating anyone if you're not capable of thinking that way. Mm-hmm. So to recap, think about whose terms things are on and then think about if one person's way is always the right way. You feel, oh, we already talked about this. So maybe we'll skip this one. You feel high, well, you feel high chemistry, which are the endorphins or the addiction hit, but you can't say many positive things about them as a person. I think that's a pretty clear one. And I would feel like one of the most common Things that makes it hard for somebody to walk away again, that, that chemistry, that connection, that high, like that is the the hardest because that's what everyone's chasing in a certain degree for relationships. So when you think you found it, like everything else on this list becomes negotiable because you want that high, you want that connection. That's what an addict says. Yeah. Yeah. So don't, don't turn your brain off. I know that that's fun and it feels good, but does it? Are the other things like, is it worth it? You know, selling yourself out on the other fronts just for that hit. Uh, if you want to break the toxic relationship cycle, you've got to stop prioritizing that so much. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can't depend on them. You know, what does that look like? If you can't depend on someone, what does that look like? Yeah. Again, like, I feel like I, all of these are just core basics of what one would want in a healthy relationship. And you strip all of these things away and it's like, well, what are you doing? Because I want someone who is as invested as I am. And I feel like if you can't depend them, then they're depend on them. They're not invested in a real way. Yeah. Well, it's so great to have Laura in this conversation because Laura has many more skills in this area than I have. Cause you know, we grew up very differently you know, and we're going to, we're going to get into that too. Like for me, what I have realized is the reason that I got into a toxic relationship cycle is that I had a really traumatic childhood. You know, I, I don't know if I've talked about this too much. I grew up in a super evangelical religious upbringing. So it was very restrictive in a lot of ways, huge family. A lot of things were going on that were abusive and not okay. And I did not get what I wanted. I did not get what I needed. I was not taken care of. Mm -hmm. I was not safe siblings and I took care of each other, um, to protect each other. And so what that looks like when you're a grown up, because to survive that, that situation, you have to learn to not feel things like, because every day is traumatic. Every day is terrible. And so you learn to survive by not feeling it. Mm-hmm. You know, you just learn to get through it. That doesn't work when you're a grown up. And, and to be honest, you know, if you do some reading online, a lot of times people that get into toxic relationships, have that in common. They have, they've gone through trauma. They've gone through really unhealthy situations that have turned them into an adult that doesn't know how to feel comfortable in a healthy relationship. You don't look for that because it feels boring. It feels boring to have someone that you don't argue with and that you Mm -hmm. don't yell at and that there's not a constant degree of conflict because that feels like home. It feels like home to be constantly crying, which sounds so wild. 
but it is the truth. I know for me, I kept getting into toxic relationships that were high conflict or made me cry a lot because it felt like it's, I mean, it's like cutting, you know, it makes you feel something. Um, whereas a peaceful relationship is like, Oh, so boring. Nothing's going on here. Um, you know, and high conflict makes me like have feelings like, Oh, I can feel something. I'm not dead inside. Um, and it takes a lot of therapy and work to make that turn. I know for me, once I understood what was going on there, that really helped me start making choices because I want to get to a healthy place. I don't want to be in toxic that. And that's step one. Mm-hmm. Do you want to break the cycle? Do you really, then you need to make different choices. Cause if you keep falling back into the old addictive habits, you're not doing, you're not doing yourself a service. So going back to the, you can't depend on them. I know for me, what that looked like, that would be things like, I couldn't depend on them to text me, uh, you know, or to talk to me uh, expeditiously. Like they, they, they would text me on their own terms when they felt like it, when it was Mm -hmm. convenient, they would see me when it was convenient. If I was having a hard time, if something was going on in my life, I couldn't depend on them to call me and be like, Hey, you know, I just wanted to see how you're doing. Can I do anything to help? Um, I couldn't depend on them to be there when I needed them. You feel on your own even though you're in a relationship. So if you feel lonely in a relationship, probably not good. Yeah. But to close the loop too, I think it's really great to have Laura here because she has, um, I don't know. I like, it's been interesting being friends with Laura on this particular front because things, there are certain things that I, that she'll say things like, well, that doesn't seem real healthy. And I'm like, what, what are you talking about? I don't understand. <laughs> like, what? How do you not understand? Um, so I think that's been really helpful. I hope some of what we're talking about today is helpful to you all too, because I know for me as someone who was always in toxic relationships, some of this is like mind blowing leave. Why would I leave? You know, I like you, I don't even think about things that way. Yeah. Let's talk about the difference between an abusive relationship and a toxic relationship, which we kind of touched on a little bit, um, a little bit ago, but I mean, I think there are some significant things that kind of differentiate and then some ways that they cross over as well. Well, and I think the way we talk about this too, can help you understand, you know, the difference and how to get out, you know, and how to navigate these situations. Um, again, this is not an official definition. This is just how I think about it. Um, I've been in both. I have been in abusive relationships. I've been in toxic relationships. My perspective is that all abusive relationships are toxic but not all toxic relationships are abusive. And I think a lot of times uh, in an abusive relationship, there's an abuser. There is someone who is an abusive person. They are coming to the table, really trying to hurt you or mm-hmm. whether they're trying or not, but whether their intent is to hurt you, they are hurting you. They have major issues. Whereas I think in a lot of toxic situations, both people are contributing to the environment. Mm-hmm. That's how I think about it and what the difference is. I do think abusive relationships are marked by a lack of safety. First and foremost, that's the number one thing. You do not feel safe with them, whether emotionally, verbally, or physically. And that's the number one overwhelming trait in an abusive relationship. Whereas in a toxic relationship, you may feel that, but it's not as pronounced. I also think that, you know, and we talked about this for a minute, you know, diving more into the idea that toxic relationships can be more about the situation. The environment is toxic rather than like, I don't really say you're a toxic person, but I'll say a relationship is toxic because maybe in a different, 
you know, I, I feel like later on, maybe those people can make different choices that don't contribute to a toxic situation. Whereas in an abusive situation, I don't know that that person's ever going to change. Well, and again, I, I think it's, you know, both people often, like you said, contributing to that toxicity and you're kind of both participating as far as like, if you can, if you're participating and you can see that in yourself that you probably like may not like that you're participating in it, but you're continuing and you're just kind of perpetuating that problem rather than leaving versus somebody in an abusive relationship. Like there are real reasons why somebody is scared to leave. And it's much, I feel like it's a different animal to think about like exiting an abusive relationship versus recognizing like, all right, this is not a healthy situation for me. It's a little toxic. I need to get out of this. Yeah, I agree. I I think the the bar is much more challenging with an abusive situation because I mean, there are times where, you know, people are afraid for their lives. They are afraid of retribution. They're afraid of revenge, you know, all, you know, and that's just like, an even deeper, more dangerous situation. Well, and amped up levels of control. Can you leave? Do you have access to money? Do you, I mean, all of those things are like, it's just so much more significant that like, you know, being able to just logistically navigate your way out safely. And effectively, you know, like that's not the easiest thing to do. Yeah. And, and diving into, I, you know, part of this is so funny because I think there are a few different sides to talk about the subject because I think, and I think they're all important because I think you have to think about why you keep getting into these talk, you know, like understanding the pattern. Why does this keep happening? You -hmm. know, and I think you need to understand that. And then the flip side of it is you have to make actual choices to not do it again. And you can't pretend, oh, I don't know. I don't know why this keeps happening. Uh, well, you should, you, you should do some work to figure that out unless you want to do this forever. Cause I think sometimes people say things, but they're not willing to do the work to change it because it's hard. I think people that get into toxic relationships, it's related to a really deep seated issue that is hard and challenging to look at and shift and heal. And it's hard. I get it. Trust me. I, I don't, I didn't like doing that either, but I knew that I wanted my life to change. I didn't want to be crying in my relationships all the time you know, and to do that, you have to make some real hard, take some real hard looks at yourself and things that you need to change. One thing that I think is interesting is, and I hit on this a little bit before is I also think I got into toxic relationships because I didn't want to deal with the trauma of my childhood, Mm -hmm. which I'm not going to go too into detail, but I'll just tell everybody it was significant. It was, it was one of those things that like, I'm not overblowing it. It was really like things I don't want to think about. I don't want to deal with it. Um, and you know, what allowed me to not deal with it is getting in a relationship with someone who was awful to me because then, then I'm always the golden one. I'm always the angel. I'm always the one who does everything right. Because in comparison, Mm -hmm. I am, you know, all the focus is on this person that's being awful to me. And what was interesting is once I started dating in a healthy way, it was actually really hard for me because that was removed. You know, then all I was left with was myself. And I had to really look at my toxic behaviors and my like traumas and the things that I was not doing very well. Um, and it was really painful, but it was necessary. Like, I think sometimes, you know, on Thursday, we talk all about making your second chapter, the better chapter in order to do that. I don't think you can, you can go through life with blinders on. You really need to take a hard look at your own choices and taking your own power. It's so easy to say, well, if they would act right, I've just met a lot of bad men. No, you picked those men. Mm -hmm. So you've got to like, in order to break the cycle, you really have to look at yourself and you have to make different choices. 
And if you have that fire chemistry with someone, take a step back and turn your brain on. Is this actually a good choice or am I falling right back into that old pattern? Yeah. And I think for me, I'm kind of the, the other perspective where I likely fell into a situation that turned toxic and I didn't have, you know, I wasn't seeking it or perpetuating, you know, bad habits or whatever. It just kind of landed. I mean, it was a lot of things in my marriage that over time developed that as we're talking through and like control pieces and uh, crying a lot and bad and someone not caring about how I was feeling and all of those things were really toxic. And I didn't really realize that at the time or quite honestly, until we started talking about this and like, oh yeah, all of that really fits. And I had never experienced that before. But because I started going to therapy when I was working to leave my marriage, like I had a really good baseline, I feel like for kind of getting out of that. And I, I feel like I have not repeated patterns of seeking out those situations. Cause I think all of that was so new to me. I'm like, I was able to see it through eyes of no, I absolutely don't want this in my life. And I don't want to repeat this. And quite honestly, I think I was pretty lucky overall that the person I dated coming out of my marriage overall was a really healthy relationship. And I learned a lot of good communication skills and good boundary setting and those types of things right off the bat out of coming out of that, out of my marriage. So I think that helped me ease me into like, what is my baseline? What am I looking for? What do I want for myself so that I didn't fall into what might've been more comfortable or convenient or what I had known for so many years? Yeah. Well, and also you know, this episode has been really interesting to prepare because it's definitely like hit a lot of like soft spots for me to take a look at. Um, but I hope this is helpful to other people the way it's been helpful to me. I know one thing that I'll say that, and this is my entirely non-scientific assessment, but I think it's important to say, I think one of the top markers of a toxic behavior. Um, and I think a lot of, I know women do it for sure. I don't know if men do it, but women definitely do it. No, but I know for me, I never knew my own well-being mattered. You know, growing up, it was just seriously, it was a survival situation. You just had to get through it. I think that's why I do marathons and I'm so good. Like I'm slow, but I am very good at endurance sports because my own feelings, I just, I'm so good at setting it aside. I'm going to finish that 26.2 miles, no matter how terrible I feel. And that's kind of the attitude you have to have to torture yourself in that, in that <laughs> way. So that's one area where it benefits me. But in relationships, that shows up as you putting your it, put, it shows them you putting your own well-being aside. And I think a lot of people do that. Maybe your relationships aren't high conflict. Maybe they're generally healthy, but you have a behavior of not thinking your own well-being matters. So that's something I'll say out loud. I know I had to teach myself that actually my my how I feel in my own mental health. And my own physical health, those things matter. Um, I mean, so I've had to learn that out. with parenting because I think it's really easy to, to, you know, you're consistently putting yourself last in a way. And I definitely think when I was married, I felt like that's how it should be, or that's kind of was the tone in our household that like we as people came last and being able to set my own rules and things outside of you know, in my own household, now that I'm divorced, I'm like, well, I'm figuring out the ways where I can put myself first and I'm not sacrificing anything. You know, my kids are still fine and cared for, but being able to show that I'm important and caring for myself is key, like has been a, a huge game changer for me. 
Yeah. Okay. So one thing I think that helps, because I, I think what helps when you're trying to break the pattern of toxic relationships is not being abstract. I think you need clarity. I think you all, we're going to put this in corporate speak, smart, smart goals, measurable, uh, clearly defined choices. They're going to start taking you in the right direction. So we're going to talk about a few of those. A, you have to make different choices. You cannot keep doing what you did before. Guess what? It's not working for you. It's not working for you. You have to change the way that you act. You have to make different choices, choose different people, choose different situations, choose different behaviors for yourself. You really have to start making different uh choices that benefit you and your well-being and your own health. You need to start walking away from things that are not good for you, people that aren't good for you, situations that aren't good for you, and stop acting like you don't know. It's real easy to be like, I don't know. I'm still figuring it out. I, I think you do know. You know that crying all night is not healthy. So choose differently. Uh, B, you have to have your own back. You have to stick up for yourself. And it's related to um, the conversation we had about uh, your own well-being matters. You have to support yourself. Have your own back. No one else is going to have your back the way that you do. You need to build that confidence and that self-esteem. It is hard to do that. And it takes time. I will tell you, it took me probably a full year and a half of me working really hard on that to get that to a healthy place because my self-esteem was so low coming out of divorce. It's really critical to put your own health and your own well-being first. Get your workouts in. Eat healthy. Be nice to yourself. Hang out with friends. Think about what you need to have a good, healthy life and make sure those things are happening. You don't need to sacrifice that for anything or anyone. And then really think about, is this relationship good for me? I think also thinking about, this isn't on the list, but I'm going to add it, um, yeah, yeah. who you're surrounding yourself with. Because if you realize that, your your friends or your family or whoever your core support is if they're people who are just going along with whatever you're doing and just okaying it all like maybe that's not the best support system for you I would rather have someone call me out if they're like again you're getting into another relationship that's just like the other ones you were in or are you taking care of yourself or all of those other pieces I don't want people around me who are just going to tell me yes all of the time if you know I'd rather have a real talk and have an actual true support system around me yeah. I mean, I, I will say what that looks like to me. I think Laura, you and I are actually really good at that because I think there've been times on both sides where either you've said to me, do you want to maybe think about that? I'm not sure if this is a good decision that you're making. And I've said the same thing to you at times. And I think what makes it, there are two things that are really good about it. One, I know whatever you say to me is exactly what you actually think. You're not talking about me behind my back to someone else, or you're not secretly thinking something that you're not saying. You are being 100% authentic, which I think that's something we should strive for in all our relationships. And then secondarily, we are not demanding you agree with me. You know, like I think the take I have, and I know it's the take you have, I'm going to say what I think because I care about you and I'm, I, I may be concerned about a big choice you're making. But I'm not going to be mad at you if you don't go along with me. I'm not mm -hmm. going to be mad if you don't do what I say. I'm just going to say it. Let it go. It's your life. You do what you want and you do the same thing, which I think that's the second part of what makes the first part work. 
saying what you think, but not demanding they agree with you. And again, this is different than like the friend who always kind of shits all over what you're doing. And it's just really toxically negative because that's another toxic relationship. This is that like a real valid, valuable, you know, this is what I'm seeing and I'm worried about you and talking through it and not like you should do this or it should be like this or, you know, highly critical, but more of like, is it a real relationship? Because in a real relationship, a real friendship, you are honest and kind and authentic and all of those things. Yeah. Like, is it coming from love? Is it coming from caring about that other person or is it coming from you? You're mad at them, you know, or or you're just trying to poop on them. You know, and I think those are two big differentiators there. Um, oh, and this is a good one. I think this is a really good one that I actually have to remind myself of. And I'm getting to a place where I really believe it. My head knew it for a long time, but my heart had to catch up. You need to be okay with the way your life is. You really do Mm -hmm. live in the moment a bit, be okay with the way it is. Don't play that game of, you know, my life will start once I find a partner, my life will start once I find true love, you know, my life is going to get better when don't play that game. You need to be okay with where your life is at right now. You know, for example, I went on this trip to Berlin this summer. I would have loved to have gone with a date or gone with a friend or a family member. Nobody was able to go with me. I went anyway, because I'm not going to let my life slow down or not happen because I'm, I'm waiting on something else, you know, or I'm waiting for someone else to join in. And I think that's really important. There's actually a really fun, like it's a TikTok account, but it's like this group. I don't remember what it's called, but it's all these women who um, started this like group. I mean, there's like hundreds or thousands of them and they go on these like adventure trips and do all of this. And the whole like kind of angle is you don't need to wait for someone like you want to go do those things. And there are actually a lot of other TikTok accounts of that I've seen of women who, again, they're like, I wanted to go do these things. I was tired of waiting. So I'm doing them. I'm crossing, going across the country on my own, or I'm going on these big hiking, camping trips or whatever, or travel and just like, stop waiting for that other thing and just go out and live your life and have experiences. Yeah. Your life doesn't need a partner to be good because I think the danger in thinking that the danger in thinking that you have to be in a relationship for your life to really work is that you end up hanging on to these men like life preservers. Mm -hmm. And I think that really happens when you're not healthy, you can and should swim for yourself. You don't need to use any man as a life preserver. And we hang on to things and we try to like, make it be great. When it's not great, let it go. Let it go. Just swim for sure. Swim for sure on your own. It'll be better. That's how I feel. Um, this is a hard one. And I think it's something that can feel murky and difficult. And I, I kind of think you need a therapist or some really candid friends to help you with this a little bit. Because sometimes you can't see it when you're in the middle of it. I know for me in certain areas, I was way deep in and I needed, you know, my sister has been a really great, she's a little ahead of me in terms of healing from our childhood situation. So she's kind of led the way for me a little bit, but you start to uncover all of your own toxic behaviors that you were able to hide in the past, you know, by choosing someone that you felt was even worse in a toxic situation, you contributed. It wasn't just the other person you contributed. I think we are, have this really bad habit as humans to vilify whoever we date. We're like, oh, he did this, that, and the other. He was Mm -hmm. so awful. And while that might be true, I I feel certain you weren't perfect. And maybe you went along with things you shouldn't have, or you poked the bear a little bit, or you manipulated situations. Like 
you really need to, and if you want to break the cycle, you need to take a hard look at yourself and be honest. What, what have I done? That was not great. How was I toxic? How was I contributing to these toxic situations? And you need to work on that. Well, I feel like that's something that when you're looking to date someone and they're talking about their exes and if they are just doing all like, oh, well, they were so terrible in all of these ways and they're not self able to self-reflect about how they participated in those situations. Cause I, I don't think again, like what we're talking about, like, you know, everybody has hit on that in a certain way. Like either you're a frequent flyer or you visited once, but like you have experienced this in some way, shape or form. And often these are reasons, you know, things that we've talked about on these lists, like are why people's relationships have ended. So while you can speak to like that person, you know, X, Y, and Z, but I also participated. I also was a part of that. I also didn't leave when I should, or I didn't communicate well, or I saw those things and I ignored them. That's all participating in this. And if you're with someone and they can't identify how they were in that relationship as well, then they've got their own toxic stuff to still work through because relationships are a two-way street and you stayed in it and you participated in it, in it in one way or another. Well, and participate is such a good word for it because you, in, in whatever it was, you stayed for it, you perpetuated it, you brought out toxic traits in each other. You participated in that. You know, like, I'm sorry, the answer of these things just keep happening to me. I don't know why that is a cop-out. It and is. And also what you just said, like you brought that out in each other and we didn't really talk about that but I do think it's true often that like two people separately fine but they can it together it's just sometimes just a uh, just a volatile recipe for disaster like certain people that matching of whether, whether it's past experiences personality traits or something and you bring it together and where they might be good with other people it just doesn't doesn't work together yeah oh so much. All right. So the other thing you need, and this is the last and most important thing. I think you need to think critically about your dating. You really do. You know, at, while emotion, this is a matter of the heart and your feelings matter and the connection and the chemistry and you get swept away. I get it, you know, and, and not that that's not important, but don't turn your brain off. I think there's a lot of value in thinking critically about your dating Think about, you know, the default is not being in a relationship. I'm sorry. It's not, it's not, oh, I don't know about this guy. Maybe that guy. Sometimes the answer is none of them. Mm -hmm. Sometimes the answer is, you know, there's no one in my life that feels like an ad. There's not anyone in my life making it better. And so in that case, maybe you shouldn't be dating any of them. Like the default is not dating someone. You know, I think you need to ask yourself some questions. Do they actually make you happy? Does this feel healthy? Do I feel peaceful and safe in this relationship? Do I feel like I can be myself? Can I be honest and open with what I'm thinking? You know, I, we've talked about this a little bit before, but my current relationship, it blew my mind that I could bring up things that I was thinking about. Mm -hmm. I know that sounds so sad, but it's I know, true. I was just like, but this is, this is, this is how it should be. Every, every time you're like, but I don't know. And I'm like, but that just sounds like a regular, like relationship to me. I know. Like, there were so many times Laura would be like, well, have you talked to him about it? I'm like, no, I'm scared to. And Laura's like, I think it would be okay if you did. <laughs> <laughs> and it was, you know, I'd bring it up to him and he'd be like, okay, you know, we talk it through a little bit. Well, this is what I think. This is what you think. Okay. I understand that. I can see why. And he was able to empathize, which I've never had. I've never had anybody care about my feelings. They were just like, well, sorry, you're going to have to deal with it. 
I'm not kidding. That was the answer <laughs> most of the time before. And it blew my mind. I was like, oh, you know, and it kind of taught me that there are relationships out there where you can talk about things and, and no one's going to get mad or vilify you or punish you for having thoughts and feelings. It turns out it's okay to have thoughts and feelings and to say yes. them out loud. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't know that. What were you, what we're striving for? Yeah. Um, okay. Other things you can ask yourself, do you have things you can say about this person about who they are and why they're great? That is not, oh, the chemistry and the connection is so great. Mm -hmm. We get it. Put that to the side. What are the other things that are reasons that you like them? Um, you know, and I'm going to say this very clearly. If all you can say is the chemistry part or the connection part, that is addiction. That is not connection. That is not a real connection point where you are actually getting to know them and where you have lots of good things to say about them. And I think also that addiction piece, like how are the boundaries? How are you spending your time? Are you spending time away from them? Are you seeing your friends? Are you, do you have hobbies? What does your life look like if you're not with them? Are you so intertwined that you can't see anything on the other side of that relationship? Then that's a problem. Like you, like we've said, you have to be fine and good and growing and all of those things. This relationship is an addition. It makes your life better. It's a compliment. It's not your only thing. It is not your identity. It is not who you are. You are a person outside of that. And I think when, you know, it's toxic and boundaries are bad and you're so intertwined and you're so focused on being with that person and you just, you lose everything. Yeah. And I think whenever you start to think critically about your relationships, it is a bit of a wake up call. You see things differently. You really do. Cause I think it's so easy to get caught up in your feelings, um, which are valid and important, but you have to have your brain engaged too. And I think whenever that part is also working in a strong manner, that's not being overpowered by the addiction parts of your, your body. I think sometimes you can make different choices that enables you to make healthy choices. Whenever you have the think critically button turned on in your brain. For sure. All right. Well, we had a lot to say there. I mean, I know for me, this has been my number one relationship challenge over my life. So I had a lot to say, and I know uh, there's a lot of you out there who also struggle with it. So I hope that, I hope this was helpful. I know we didn't have as many jokes this time, but you know, I don't know, maybe we need to come up with something funny pretty soon, but I mean, uh, I'm, helpful. I'm proud that I said toxicity correctly twice now that was like <laughs> in my brain going into this. I'm like, how many times are we going to butcher this zero? So I feel, I feel good about it. Well, I was also <laughs> real excited that you said exercise correctly in the intro. I was like, Ooh, I'm putting some little speed bumps in there for Laura to say you did pretty well with it. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Well, see the spooky situation. Wasn't that scary. We could figure it out. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks everybody. We will see you next week. Bye. Bye. Still thirsty. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and all your favorite podcasting platforms, because sometimes life leaves you wanting just a little bit more.